Amen. Before we have the children go off to Children's Church, there's a very special time for us now. First Sunday of every month, we take communion. If we could have our um, ushers come forward and we'll uh, pass out the elements. today, very intimate thing with communion. If you're part of the body of Christ today, we encourage everyone here to take that. And Jesus Christ, we're all family together here as we celebrate the banner and the cross of Jesus Christ. If you've never seen one of these cups before, I know we've, we've had these for many years, but uh, we need training every week on them. There's that little cellophane. Take that cellophane off the top first um, to take the cracker out. Don't open the juice yet. You'll get in big trouble. <laughs> so get that cracker first. But um, what a beautiful time for us that we can celebrate this. And Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of who? Of me. I don't do this to remember myself. I don't do this to remember even my sins. I don't do this to remember my past. I don't do this to remember my pain. I do this to remember Jesus' pain and what he went through for my life. And I think many times when we get our eyes on ourselves and our own problems, this time of communion is a very beautiful time for us to understand that when we place everything at the feet of Jesus, it's not only going to be okay, but we are well. Amen? Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment with me? Maybe you had a very noisy week. Maybe you had crazy stuff happen at work. Maybe you almost got in an accident coming here to church, but you got here. Maybe you had a fight somewhere. Maybe you were cross with someone. Maybe you said something you shouldn't have said. <laughs> but today, I want you to forget all that junk. And the Bible says for us to confess our sins to him. And he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe today you and I need to remember his goodness and that by his stripes you were healed. Maybe today we understand that the blood of Jesus Christ not just sweeps our sins under a rug, but he completely makes us righteous and holy. Today you are made righteous because he's righteous. Today you and I are made holy because he is holy. And as Jesus sat with his disciples and he took that last supper with them, he was among his friends and his disciples. Let's take a moment, just a moment, to reflect on what this cross means to our life.
in our hands today, we have symbols of Jesus Christ. We have his body, we have his blood. And Jesus broke his body. His body was broken for us. He was pierced. He was unrecognizable. The Bible declares in Isaiah that you couldn't even recognize him. He was beaten. He was, a bru he was bruised. And so today we partake of that blood and the body of Jesus Christ. Shall we partake of his body now? And shall we partake of his blood? Father, thank you this morning that we as the body of Christ can enjoy the fellowship in your company. And that as often as we do this, we can do this in remembrance of you. God, we will never forget the price you paid for us. And that you died for everyone, for God so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son. Thank you for the preciousness of the gift of salvation today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if our kiddos wanted to go off to Children's Church, Miss Ann has got an amazing day set for you. Joe, I think um, Carl is here. I think he tried to get into the front door. Could you let him in? I'm sorry. Yeah. We like to lock people out. That's a... If you could turn with me to, in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit today. How many need some help developing some fruit of the Spirit in your life? How many need some patience in here? Goodness, kindness, love, self-control. We need, we, need we need gentleness. We need all of that. So I don't know if I'm going to have enough mandarin oranges here, okay? So this is going to represent the fruit of the Spirit today, okay? So I, didn't want, I couldn't get one for everyone, but here's what we're, we're going to try. So you guys are going to represent one house, okay? There you go. There you go. All right. Don't eat it yet. No eating. You guys get another one there. There we go. You guys get one here. You didn't know you got mandarin oranges at church, did you? Here you go. All right, here we, you ready? You ready, Tyler? Here we go. You guys want to wait? Hey, 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 watch it. Hey, we're getting crazy in here. What's going on, Carl? That's, uh, all right, you ladies, you guys, I think, yeah, you guys take one together. That's all of yours, okay? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is fun. Don't, no eating those. No, here we go. There we go. I think we're going to have enough. I think we're going to do it. Here you go, sir. Yeah. We didn't, oh, you guys got one already. Wow, here you go. There you go. Carl, here you go. All right, so you get one of those. Guys, sorry, you guys don't, don't. Yeah, sorry. Okay, all right, back to, back to the. So we all have that mandarin orange. That's one of our favorite fruits here at the house. We love the mandarin orange. You peel it back. I'm not a big orange guy because they're just messy, but so don't eat them yet. We don't, don't want to get too messy. But when we peel, when we peel those back, you know, you think about your life, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but in uh, America and the world, character still counts. Did you know that? And I know we focus on success and money. You know, I, I have always said this. I don't want my kids to marry a gazillionaire. I want my kids and my girls and my boy to marry really great people who love Jesus with all their heart. Yeah. Fooey booey on all the success stuff that we go to with all our TED Talks. I want to know people of character and that character still matters. Isn't that important? 
You know, you think about Christian ministry, and the sad thing is with Christian ministry is we've, American faith, Western faith, has been some of the worst examples of Christ, hasn't it? I mean, I don't go and want to go through all the reports, but the church gets really mad at the world. We're, we're not doing too good ourselves, if we're really honest. Come on. We don't understand the walk of Christ and walking. You know, I, I look at what we kind of look at and how we determine success in life. And, you know, you have in social media now what's called influencers. Anybody ever seen that or heard that? You got, you got these influencers. These are people who maybe promote products or do things. Do you know all you have to do to get really crazy success on YouTube is just do something really stupid, like drop a TV off the side of a building and now you got a million hits because, you know, whatever it was. But in God's kingdom, that's not what he's looking for. Galatians 5, and 23 says, but the fruit of the Spirit, I'm reading out of the Amplified, the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within you. We're talking about the Holy Spirit these last few weeks. So the result of his presence within us is love. You know what that love means there? Unselfish concern for others. Joy, which means inner peace. Patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting. Kindness. By the way, kindness there is the ability to be nice to people that aren't being nice to you. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Against such things, there is no law. See, Galatians, if you read the book of Galatians, Paul is dealing with a church that is saying, wait a minute, you experience this new birth, which is free. Salvation is a free gift. You know that, right? You can't earn it. You can't do 10 nice things because your grandma was nice. It doesn't get you into heaven. Can I get an amen there? So here we are. The fruit of the Spirit comes out of us. And by the way, don't look to me on the fruit of patience. I'm not your guy. So God's still developing in me. And it's not something that Steve does because I work a little harder at it. How many tried you work? The more you work at something sometimes, the worse you get at it. It's got to be something that the Holy Spirit works in us. But I do want us to take a really good look at this and look deep inside. You're, everyone hold your oranges up. Who's the orange holder in the group? See, he's already throwing his orange away. <laughs> hold your oranges up high. You're proud of those oranges. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Not the fruits, but the fruit of the Spirit. But man, 2021, don't we need this injection of the fruit of the Spirit so bad in church? We're not talking about success, 10 principles. There's not going to be 10 principles today. You can't get them. You're not going to get some special shot that you can put in your arm that makes you a better person. It's not going to happen. Do you know it's kind of like what Rod showed with that video? It's the cutting apart, the moving, the shaking, the deep work of Christ in our hearts. Do you know when I was preparing for this, this week's been a crazy week for me. Anybody had a crazy week this week? And that's why I'm here today because I had a crazy week. But I got to just lay down, if you will, and I took all my books and I spread them out in the living room and had the girls and they went somewhere and she's like, why don't you just study and, and, and be with the Lord? So I got to lay the books out. It was amazing. And you know what started happening? I started crying because I was frustrated. Anybody done those? 
but they were great tears. I literally was at the feet of Jesus, and all I did was cry. And by the way, it wasn't a feel sorry for me cry. So don't pat me on the back this week and say, Steve, it's going to be okay. It's not about that. It was just simply relieving the, the, the stress and giving it to God. When's the last time we have done this? In 2021, churches need this so bad. Oh, we're successful, aren't we? We know how to run and drive a great service. We're on point. We're professional. We know how to close deals. We know how to drive things through and fundraise. But do we know how to love? And do we know what it means to be gentle and meek? Do you know who the most humble man on earth was, the Bible declares? His name was Moses. He was meek. Jesus said, I'm meek. I'm gentle. Do you think that that's what the world is trying to give to people, meekness and gentleness? No, the world steps on people. The world's unrelenting. It's unforgiving. It cancels people out. The minute you do something wrong, we are done with you. That's the world. The world doesn't know the fruit of the Spirit. You will never develop the fruit of the Spirit with a yoga class. You will develop the fruit of the Spirit, as you allow God to move in and through you, and when you're in desperate situations, and you need to wait, and you need to be gentle, and when you need to turn the other cheek, and when you need to be self-controlled, this is where God is shown. Amen. You know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, by the way, God endows men and women with the gifts of the Spirit he pours it out. In other words, you can be walking with God and be gifted, and you can be a complete heathen and be completely gifted. God put that in that person, and you can use it for his glory or your own selfish ways. That's the gifts of the Spirit. But let me tell you something. The fruit of the Spirit must be developed in you. Amen. Character still counts. Turn to someone real quick and say, character still counts. Let me give you a little class, if you will, on this. It was crazy. R.C. Sproul had something because in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, if the standard, Jesus said, you will know people by their fruit. In other words, you can judge people by their fruit. You say, don't judge me. No, judging is just basically saying, is this person a false person, or is this person true in the word of God? Are they walking after the things of God? How can we know this? You will know people by their fruit. Man, I grew up and I've known so many ministers and stuff completely fallen, and they've gone after things. They were successful, and they were big, and they had all sorts of stuff, but they didn't have the fruit. Remember the person that came to Jesus and said, Hey, didn't we heal people in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? I never knew you. Depart from me. So here's what happens. You say, well, what happens if I'm not developing or if the Holy Spirit's fruit is not being developed in my life? Well, this is the scary part, right? And he kind of covers everything up. If you turn to Galatians 5... And this is if we don't follow those desires, here's what's by default going to happen. That's how come with Christ, you can't sit on a fence. 
You can't just say, well, I'm going to have some of this, I'm going to have some of that, I'm going to try some of this, I'm going to do some of that. With Christ, it's either all or nothing. We can't play church. So here's what in Galatians 5, verse 19, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Turn somewhere quick. It's very clear. Here we go. Are you ready? Let's get on the train. <laughs> Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have had before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But he doesn't end there. He doesn't end there. Thank God he doesn't end there. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Still got your orange? Don't lose it. Here's what he produces. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And by the way, what's really neat with the power of the Spirit, when you live a Spirit-controlled life, do you know what's absolutely fantastic? Is it's not like you just get three of those things. And that fruit contains all of it. And that fruit, all of it you can have. You can have self-control. You say, well, I'm not really self-controlled right now. That's okay. God's working in your heart. Turn to someone and say, it's okay. It's okay. God's working a lot in me. This, it isn't about being completely, fully developed. We won't have that until the other side of eternity. But as God is completing his work in us, it's just an amazing thing that happens. R.C. Sproul wrote these things that are really interesting because the list carries an ominous warning, and it's important to give brief definition because if we just read through those things, it really doesn't stick. And I wanted to read through what these sins actually mean in 2021 because character still counts. Adultery, you know, that's still bad. I don't know if you know that or not. Everybody's sleeping with every, everybody out there, but it's still wrong, right? The first sin mentioned is a prohibition of the seventh commandment. I don't know if you know those Ten Commandments, those weird things. It involves the violation of the sanctity of marriage via illicit sexual relationship among married persons. They were dealing with that all throughout Scripture. We're still dealing with it today. Can I get an amen there? How about fornication? Usually as reference to sexual intercourse among unmarried people. We teach our young people in this church, keep your pants on until you're married. That's an important thing for a whole myriad of reasons. It's sexual intercourse among unmarried people usually is associated with premarital sexual intercourse. There are people out there that would say, well, I'm just going to live with this person and just try it out. That's called fornication. But I love them. It's fornication. You can tell me whatever you want and whatever feelings you have. The Bible declares that it is absolutely against God's word. Didn't get hard amens there. However, it has broader meaning to include 
illegitimate sexual intercourse and the wild sense of the word. Homosexual acts are included under this. Hmm. Doesn't work good in Canada and England anymore, does it? Uncleanliness. There is a sexual sense implied here. It reflects a kind of behavior that popular language calls dirty. Licentiousness, if I even said that right. <laughs> that, yeah, thank you. This describes a wild, unruly lifestyle that is unrestrained and out of control. How about idolatry? You think we worship idols in America today? It's not the little Buddha over there. Most Americans worship money. This refers to the pagan worship of idols or false gods. Idolatry in its broadcast sense can include such things as worship of material possessions. How about sorcery? This involves the practice of magic and an involvement with forbidden practices such as spiritualism, fortune telling, astrology, and the like. Do you know what the most fastest growing religion in the country is right now? Witchcraft. Witch. Witches. Wiccan. The fastest growing religion right now. And what you have is people that have a form of spirituality to them without being anchored to laws that God has provided for them. They just do what they want and whatever their spiritual, whatever their truth becomes. And Wicca or Wiccan is now one of the fastest growing religions. Astrology, you know, we don't make light, we, we make light of it, but, you know, back in the day, you'd actually open a newspaper and people would go look at their horoscopes and things. It's crazy to me how many believers will actually look to their horoscope and they'll actually look to a horoscope to see what their day will bring them. Man, I tell you, you want to know your future and you want to have definition for your life and you want to find answers, go to God's word. Say, God, show me through your word. Don't go to astrology. Don't go to the stars. Go to the maker of the stars, I say. How about hatred? It's grudge bearing and being unloving. Anybody ever been there before? Amen. How about contentions? This is seen in quarrelsome attitude. One who is contentious is argumentative and combative. I've never done that before. He has a chip on his shoulder. Anybody ever had a chip on your shoulder? Hmm. Jealousies. Jealousy reflects a self-centered spirit that despises other people's achievements and victories. It displays a lack of love. It's pet sins, some of the pet sins of Christian, possibly because they can be so easily concealed and explained away. How about outbursts of wrath? This indicates a character of hot-headed temper and fits. Punching walls, slamming doors. Selfish ambitions. This contains the idea of a ruthless desire for personal gain at the expense of others. Dissensions, this does not rule out legitimate forms of dissent. Rather, it characterizes, again, the contentious spirit that is constantly bickering, feuding, and creating dissension in groups. Ever seen that on Facebook before? Heresies, the root meaning of this involves a willful choosing of opinions that go against the established truth. It includes more than 
theological errors, for it can also refer to attitudinal and behavioral errors. Envy. Envy involves a desire to possess what belongs to someone else. This can include nurturing ill will towards those who enjoy certain benefits. Anybody ever been frustrated because somebody got what you didn't get? How about murders? This is self-explanatory. Most Christians are not outright murderers, of course, but Christ's word about hating one's brother should be kept in mind. Drunkenness. This refers to an intemperate use of alcohol and, by implication, drug abuse. Boy, that's huge. Revelries. This involves the lifestyle of a wild party-goer who enjoys unlimited orgies or drinking bouts. See, the Bible in 2021 is still really, really relevant, isn't it? R.T. Kendall writes, the fruit of the Spirit results in a person having the rare quality of integrity. Folks, I want our church, I want when you leave this place, I want when you're at work that you talk the way a Christian should talk. I want you when you're living at home to talk to your spouse how Christ would talk to your spouse. I want parents who would speak to their kids how Christ would speak to their kids. The fruit of the Spirit! It is not unattainable. But the problem is when we do not submit to the will of God for our lives and say, God, use me, work in my heart, work in my life, then the fruit of the Spirit can't develop. And here's what happens. Our lives start to spiral downward and out of control because we are living for ourselves. Here's where the hard work starts. All of us have hard work to do. The evidence of the fruit of the Spirit, that is the mark of our progress and sanctification, so here's what we do. We often look at the wrong things as markers. More money or more friends or more influence. These are our markers now. Man, how many friends do I got on social media? How much money am I getting? That's my success. I want to tell you, you might not be blessed with a million dollars, but boy, can to know God, right? Amen. Amen. To know God. And to be able to lay your head on a pillow at night in peace and quiet in stillness, knowing that you are walking with God. Isn't that cool? Over the years, we see the ministers and leaders and pastors, by the way, everyone falls, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It is really easy to kind of hammer at people. I love the verse of scripture that says, man, we look at the little twig in someone's eye, look at the log and... You will, you will identify people by your fruit. And we want to know today, are those fruits being developed? And I pray that through the word and through church and through worship that that starts to happen. I think of the life of a farmer. I wasn't a farmer, but my dad grew up around a farm. And you're always working at a farm. Amen. There's not a lot of time to sit on a TV and watch TV for three and a half, four hours. That doesn't work at a farm. I don't know. Anybody ever been around a farm before? <laughs> yeah, Carl back there. I mean, he's, got, he's been involved with it all. But man, there's things to do. My, I think it's my great uncle. Dad, it's my great uncle. That was the dairy farmer. Yeah, my great uncle, he's a dairy farmer. Every day in his life, he was having to go work with the cows. And at 4.30 in the morning, they had to go start milking the cows. It didn't matter if it was Christmas. They didn't get Memorial Day off. You got to milk the cows. The cows don't take a day off. So here's what happens. The Holy Spirit, by the way, doesn't take a day off in your life and my life, does he? He does wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things. But I think what happens in the church in the West is this, is that we have become too casual with the things of God. 
our growth in the kingdom and the lack of personal application. And I'm guilty as the next person of just getting by, not excelling at what God longs for us to go after with all of our heart and all of our minds. Folks, we need to get back a sense of duty and we need to get back a sense of call. Don't forget that as you're working hard that you have the Holy Spirit who is also called, this is one of my most favorite words on the Holy Spirit, he is our helper. Man, I need a helper, don't you? I can't do this on myself. I, I can't create. I can't. I'll, I'll become a Pharisee if I do. I need Christ's help to get that through. I cannot stress enough that the Holy Spirit there is to help you. R.T. Kendall writes this. We're not responsible for having the gifts of the Spirit, but like it or not, we are responsible for having the fruit of the Spirit. And so this hard work begins. Turn real quick to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's see what we do with our spiritual work. First Corinthians chapter nine. It's not easy to develop the fruit of the spirit where we work, is it? Sometimes where we live, maybe our family is split apart and dealing with things. It is hard to show the fruit of the spirit. 1 Corinthians 9.25, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win the prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Can I get an amen there? So I run around with purpose at every step. I am just not shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I think it's so important for us to develop that fruit of the Spirit in our life, and it is really, really hard work. It's really hard work. I think we start with a prayer like this. I want you to stop praying for everyone else for a minute. I want you to pray a selfish prayer. Here is what it is. Lord, work in my heart first. Work in my heart first. Jack Hayford writes, putting on the new man boils down to committing ourselves to a lifestyle of repentance. It has to do with an immediate willingness to stand corrected on a moment-by-moment -moment basis in our walk with Christ. I love what the psalmist declared, and he said this, search me, O, search me, o God, and try me. Know my heart. Anybody ever pointing their fingers at the world and how bad the world is? Oh, it's getting bad out there. Oh, man, oh, 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 bad, 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 bad. Andrew Murray wrote this many moons ago. Allow the sins of the world to be as much your concern as your own sins. Amen. So you're really concerned about the sins of the world? How concerned are you about your own jealousy and your own hatred? How concerned are you with all the things going on in your own mind and your own heart that nobody will ever know? How concerned are you with you? Well, I'm fine, Pastor. Be as much concerned with the sins of the world as you are with your own. Constantly being, having a penitent heart, walking around and having a repentance lifestyle. God, forgive me, God, for the attitude of my heart. God, forgive me there. Maybe this week, even right now as you're sitting here, there might have been sins and thoughts and things swirling around in your mind that you haven't given to God. What a beautiful moment right now to say, God, I give you those things, having a repentant heart. What am I focused on and what comes out of it? And this is where 
the gardening in our own life begins so that the fruit of the Spirit... You guys still have your oranges? Hold your oranges up. There they are. They, see? They, they're, they're good, good. Very good. Drake, you held that high. I'm proud of you, man. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now the gardening begins and the Holy Spirit starts to work in a supernatural love in our hearts. And isn't it interesting? The first fruit, if you will, of the fruit of the Spirit is love. Out of love. Isn't it amazing? Jesus said, what are the most important commandments? They said, what are the most important commandments? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and your neighbor. So love starts to be developed in Steve Lapp. And I start to love people and serve. And the love overflows in my life because it's not a normal love. It's not conditional. It's not based on what somebody does for me this week. It's not based on any of that. It's an agape love. Love here is an unselfish concern for others. Isn't it this love that seems so foolish to the world? You know, the Bible declares that the cross is foolishness to the world. The world doesn't understand this. Jesus didn't die for friends. He died for enemies. I never forget when I was in jail ministry, we would talk to these guys and we say, how many in here right now would take a bullet for your friend? Yeah, man, that's me. We paused for a minute and we would say, how many in here would take a bullet for your enemy? Because that's what Jesus did for each and every one of us. He took a bullet for us. He had an unconditional love. He loved us when we didn't even want anything to do with him. We didn't want him! I love what 1 John says. Turn real quick towards the back of your Bibles to 1 John 4. Aren't you so glad for Jesus? First John 4, starting in verse 7, says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is what? God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that the world, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Isn't that amazing? Skipping forward to verse uh, 17, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect so that we will not be afraid of the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here on this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it's for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced the perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. Here's a big one, by the way. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, 
that person is a liar. And if we don't love people, we can't see how we can love God whom we cannot see. He has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. Don't have to raise your hand, but how many people in this world, in this place, have some people you'd rather not love right now? (laughs) And this is where we pray for that supernatural love. God, help me to love that person. You know, because if you don't love that person, you won't pray for them. You won't pray for them. Jesus loved people so much that even while he was on the cross in the most painful moment, he was actually praying, God, forgive them for they don't even know what they're doing. Think about the complete self-control that he had, that he was experiencing there and all the pain and torment to be praying for people who were spitting at him as he hung on the cross. Through the power of the Spirit, by the way, he pours out this agape love. Now, this next portion of Scripture has become so cliche-ish. Cliche, say that really fast. But 1 Corinthians 13, you know, we, we're going to go to our, we're going to all go to a wedding ceremony now. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 13. This is the love is patient, love is the greatest, right? Isn't it such a beautiful, beautiful portion of Scripture? But, oh, it should be so convicting to us. 1 Corinthians 13, here's what love's all about. You can get some counseling classes done real quick if we read this chapter. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't have love others, I would only be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't have what? I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Uh-oh. And it gets, keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and always is hopeful, endures through everyone's circumstances. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. If we love one another, love doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. One of the things that we start to understand about this agape love is we can only love as much as we receive love, right? Once we start to receive the gift of love and we start to receive from God, freely, freely I have given, and we start to do that, now we can give out to people. But if we're not even being living in a life where we forgive ourselves, a lot of times it's really hard. We forgive everyone else, but we haven't forgiven ourselves yet, have we? And as Christ pours out his love on us, we say, God, thank you that you have forgiving, forgiven me. I am letting go, and I'm going to allow your love to wash through my life. There's no way of knowing what some fruit tastes, uh, tastes like until we taste it. Remember in uh, Elf, remember the fruit spray part in Elf? That was one of the funniest parts of the movie. I don't know, I was a big Elf fan, all our kids were. And he goes in there, and she's like, fruit spray? And he goes, he goes fruit spray, yeah. He thought you could eat it, and she sprayed it. It was bad. No, <laughs> had nothing to do with that. 
Farmers become pretty patient, though, don't we? They plant the seed. Isn't it amazing they plant that corn? I don't know how they get anything to grow in northern Illinois. I know it's beautiful soil, but, man, you think about there's not a lot of time to get planting in, is there? It's no fair in California. You can have like two, three crops sometimes. In Illinois, you've got this one shot. But think about that farmer as he's planting with all the weather. I mean, we can get like six inches of snow in the middle of May. It's just bad being a farmer. But one thing a farmer doesn't do is a farmer doesn't sit there staring at clouds all day. And you and I are waiting for these perfect circumstances to have the fruit develop. Well, the Holy Spirit's fruit will start developing me if I just had this and did this and that person wasn't there. Oh, I would be a great person. And you're waiting for clouds to move out. You're waiting for the angels to say, come this way. This is where you're to go. Plant seeds here. No, farmers, they start putting out the seed. And you know what they don't do? You won't see farmers doing this. You won't see farmers looking over the seed they planted all day. Can you imagine? He's like, are you there, buddy? Hey, hey, guy, are you growing? No, hey, 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 hey. They don't do that with fruit. They didn't plant the fruit tree or the vegetables, whatever they did. And some of us are sitting around yelling at what we planted. When's my return? Come on. When's my return? Except we're not doing that. We're doing this. When's my return? My wife uses this verse. It's so beautiful. I love that verse. She said, you cast your bread under the waters, and in many days you'll have a great return. I don't know when your return happens. I don't. And some of it you might only know the other side. But I do know as you love, and as you love like Christ, because he lives in you, as you love like Christ, the fruit develops, and you are a well-established tree, as Psalm tells us, we are a well-established tree planted by waters, bearing fruit. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the success. farmer is very patient and I love this patience the definition that amplified Bible gives us it's not the ability to wait it's how we're acting while we wait how are we acting while we wait I'm not a good waiter sometimes go to Starbucks and that coffee doesn't get done in the five minutes and I am ready to kill someone (laughs) why can't this person in front of me not order 46 things and just let me do my one thing here. You look over lines in the supermarket, which is the quickest one? (laughs) They got two loaves of bread and go, 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 get over there. It's not the ability to wait. We all wait. You're going to wait whether you like it or not. How are you acting right now? Wait on the Lord. You know, there's these really annoying verses of Scripture that I just want to cut out of the pages of the Bible. Wait on the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. But they're beautiful reminders that, Steve, it's going to be okay. Wait for me. For as you wait for me, you will mount up with wings like eagles. 
Isn't that just a beautiful promise? How are you waiting right now for whatever it is? Everyone, is anyone in here waiting for something? So I'm the only one. Andrew Murray Weitz writes, it's in the place of patience, that framing of their life and the forming of character. Folks, I want to challenge you right now. You say, what about this and what about that? I'll never forget in Bible school, when I was at Bible school, they would teach us. They're like, man, if you want a new car, start. They're like, we've seen some of your college students' cars and you can't even hardly get in the back seat there with all the junk in there. Start taking care of what you got. Wash the car. Take care of your home. Do you know soap still doesn't cost that much money? You know, we all complain about cost. You can still get a bar of soap or a thing of Dawn and you can make things smell good and look good. Take care of what you have. Be patient. Become faithful in what you have because he said, if you are faithful in the little things, I will make you ruler of much. Have you grown impatient with your circumstances? Hold those oranges up real quick. Get a look at that orange. When we grow impatient, we make up our mind that we are done, isn't it? Isn't it true? When we, when we lose our patience, we say, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. I'm done with that. And so we give up. And God's like, well, I'm not done yet. Why are you done? I'm not done. I'm not done with you or your circumstances. You have no idea what's going on here. And so we throw in the towel. I'm done with this. I'm done waiting. I've waited long enough. And there is that gift that God gives to us in the middle of waiting. Do you think Joseph had to develop a ability to wait correctly while he was in the pit? I want to give you a beautiful promise today, loved one, because it can be hurtful at times. We don't have all the answers. A beautiful promise that God is not done. He is at work. Learn to trust the Lord as you wait. Jeannie uh, Gunyan writes, kindness, the word in Greek, by the way, now on to kindness, right? I'm trying to blaze through these. The word in Greek describes the ability to act for the welfare of those taxing your patience. <laughs> the Holy Spirit removes abrasive qualities from the character of those who are under his control. Spirit-led and spirit control. Put those people who are taxing your patience back in God's hands. As the Spirit leads you and takes control of your lives, over your tongue, over your thoughts. Do you know, you don't have to accept every thought that comes your way. Anybody ever have any bad thoughts ever? You don't have to accept every thought that comes your way. This is where we start to develop self-control in our emotions. Imagine if you didn't exercise self-control in everything you did. You know, I was watching one of my guys I used to love watching was Mike Tyson. Man, I loved, I'd get his, all his fights. I love boxing. And I watched his special just this last week. I watched the first week and just what he went through and what he, just what he was dealing with, the demons, everything else like that. And I watched as that man just lost his coach, his trainer, his adopted dad, where he went and what he did. He was literally on top of the world. He was a god in America. And the only thing that he would do, he would literally, after fights, he would run to the limo, and his limo driver would tell him he was alone. And he would go off to Vegas, and he would literally spend money and do everything that he could do under the sun without lacking any, without control. 
and without restraint. Think about our lives today, the beauty of exercising self-control in our minds. Self-control in our spirits. Billy Graham said there are men who can command armies, but that cannot command themselves. Do we see that? And maybe you're one of those people that you can command things and you can do things. I thought about Tyson. He literally was, just could do anything in the ring, but when he got out of that ring, there was nothing there. He couldn't command himself. Folks, I don't want to command armies if I'm not commanding myself. If I am not a loving, sacrificing husband, dad, oh God, help me to be that. It's so important for us in our lives to understand these things. Sandra, if you want to come up here and start playing. I want you to know today, folks, that the Holy Spirit will give you staying power and, staying power and self-control. Galatians 6, 7 says this, and if you want to close your eyes with me for a minute. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. It goes on to write in that chapter, don't get tired of doing good. Amen. Don't get tired of doing good. Amen. Today, I want to open this up to anyone in here. Maybe you don't have that fruit of the Spirit in your life because you don't know God. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he wants to come in and take over your life, everything. There's nothing to be ashamed of in this moment. It's a beautiful moment. When someone comes to Christ, all of heaven is dancing and singing and rejoicing. Maybe today you don't know Jesus. You've known church. You've had a form of godliness. Maybe grandma was really good at what she did, but you never have known Christ and the power of the cross. Today, this day is for you so you can have that fruit. And when you peel that back, even though you're not perfect, you have a beautiful, perfect relationship with Jesus Christ. As he makes you more and more like him, he gives you a new heart. He replaces the heart of stone and he gives you the heart of flesh. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray with you today. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you out there today, anyone. Thank you. Let's all pray this together. Dear Jesus, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me, for my sins, for making me new. Lord, I'm leaving the past and I'm going towards the great future that you have for me. Thank you for remembering me. And that today, I'm written in the Lamb's book of life. Take it all, God. I give you full control of me. Spirit, soul, and body. Help me to be a living sacrifice. 
In Jesus' name, amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe today as you hold that fruit, fruit, (laughs) and you want that to develop, and maybe if you peeled back some of that peeling on your life, the outer veneer, the looks, the setup that you have, the way you work and do things, and when you start to pull it back, that character hasn't really been developed, and you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit of God to take over. He's got a couple corners of your house, but the fruit of the Spirit isn't being developed. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, love. Today, if that's you, and you say, you know what? I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to start working on my heart, that fruit, to change me and to grow in my life. I'm acknowledging today that I've gotten far away from that. Today, would you be a farmer and would you start planting those seeds of faith that the Holy Spirit will complete what he started? If that's you, dear believer, dear son and daughter, and you want to start that up again, it's a great day to start. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you for that. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, thank you that you wrap your loving arms around us. God, you are as close as the mention of your name. And we can cry out today, God, Abba, Daddy, we love you, God. And God, I pray today, and I speak against the enemy, and that declare over everyone here that no weapon formed against them will ever prosper. And that, God, you develop that fruit in their life. It can't be developed by good works. It can't be developed by us doing more church. It must be developed as our life is submitted. We say, Holy Spirit, work in my heart. Let's all pray this together. Dear Jesus, thank you for working in me. Create in me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within me. God, I submit to you. I submit to your plans. I allow you to work in my heart. Identify sins in my life. Change me. I want to be like you and know your ways. I am complete in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, I love you so much. What a neat day as we develop that fruit. Maybe you walk around this morning, whoever gets the orange, you know, you might, we have to fight for that now, but, uh, but I love you so much. And be sure to hang out this morning, and we've got some great stuff going on in the fellowship area there in the cafe, but we love you, and thanks again for this weekend, and I want to say thank you. We had Tim and Jackie, who we got the uh, meals for that um, Anne had taken care of that. Thank you for everyone that made donations towards that for the meals and to make that happen. They got a beautiful little girl, and we can't wait to see them again, but thank you for everyone participating and getting that meal to their family. We love you so much, but God bless you this morning. Have a great day.